You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension comprised of knowledge, opinions, and entertainment. A journey on a virtual information highway into a wondrous land whose boundaries are more distant than the outer reaches of the Twitter sphere. Your next stop, the Trend Zone. Hello and welcome to the Trend Zone. Casey here with Dave and we are the Football Dudes. Dave, are you ready, brother? Oh yeah, you got that right, my friend. I'm ready. Ah, uh, yeah. Next stop, the trend zone. In today's episode, we'll talk about the coaching carousel coming to a screeching halt. The NFL's plan for total global domination continues moshing forward. A couple of the uh, <laughs> the prop bets and MVP favorites moving into Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, Dave. Yes, sir. This is our Super Bowl preview, bro. <laughs> Welcome, <Ooh>. people. <laughs> How stoked are you? completely stoked right on well you know it would stoke the people's out if you got a tasty super bowl nug for them as always i will be uh handling the nug here for the people casey this one just in a pair of nosebleeds will cost you almost nine grand including 1500 in service fees (laughs) for the big game casey for the big game in SoFi Stadium. And wow. if you can afford it, if you're a big baller, Casey, the best seats are going to cost you just over 133000 with a subtle 24K in service fees. Casey, what do you got to say about that? <laughs> oh, man, Ticketmaster, the evil entity. Guess what? I have an entire bag of items I would like them to eat, and its content rhymes with bricks. Okay. <laughs> How do they get away with this criminal activity <laughs> on the Internet? <sighs> Unbelievable, dude. Wow, 24K dude. in service fees. How can they justify that? It's outrageous, bro. Well, Dave, <laughs> those super yachts don't power themselves, bro. That's okay? right. <laughs> Casey's on the inside, though. He's oh, on the inside. Yeah. He'll uh, be well, there. Dave, we're hopping off the super yacht. And we're getting onto the coaching carousel, but it's finally yeah. come to a stop for 2022. We had nine openings, and they're all filled up. Man. More than average, but yeah, we'll quickly review the ones we already knew about. It's Brian Dayball uh, for the Giants. Um, The Denver Broncos get Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, Chicago Bears are going with Matt Eberflus. Raiders get Josh McDaniels. And then there's a couple of new ones this week, Casey. Yeah, go ahead and get us. This was the first opening, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they got their man, a Super Bowl uh, champion coach. Yeah, Doug Peterson. I think it's a pretty cool hire. Um, uh, for the Jags there, you know, makes sense. A guy that was not too long ago in the Super Bowl, a guy that actually did do some good work uh, developing quarterbacks and was a quarterback himself. So makes sense for their situation right down there. Yeah, what about the Vikes, Dave? Vikings uh, go ahead and get um, Kevin O'Connell. He was a San Diego State Aztec, so I've known him for a while there. He was drafted. He had a uh, in, in the third round, I believe. He was a Patriot for a while. Um, learned under Tom Brady, and uh, for some some reason couldn't supersede Brady there uh, in huh. New England. But ended up and on the coaching staff uh, in uh, in Los Angeles. Currently there, uh, coaching the Rams. Uh, for a couple more days, and uh, I think he's an interesting one of these young up-and-comers, uh, a former quarterback, one of these uh, smart young minds uh, coming in. It's going to be interesting to see what we can do there. Yeah, and the Dolphins threw out that tuna net, and they actually got a head coach trapped in there. <laughs> That's right. Mike McDaniel, um, who I wasn't too, totally familiar with, honestly, Casey, but he has been the offensive coordinator uh, for the 49ers. He is biracial. He's half black, half white. Uh very fair complected, but nonetheless uh, fits the category of a minority hire by the Dolphins uh, 
pulling a little steam out of the um, Flores lawsuit, uh, the, at least the racial aspect of it. Yeah. And then uh, what about the Houston Texans? Yes, Casey. They had uh, flirted with a handful of other uh, outside candidates. They ended up staying in-house with uh, defensive coordinator Lovey Smith, also a guy who's gotten a team to the Super Bowl uh, with Rex Grossman, mind you, in the Chicago <laughs> Bears a number of years ago. Um, and uh, that was um, enough, I think, to get him another look here in Houston. I think he's a uh, one of the he's what one of the older guys, and I think this is a job maybe. Uh, that an, an, an older uh, coach with experience uh, could hopefully do uh, some good work. They also kept Pep, Pep Hamilton, which was important yeah, a, a, for them. He, he helped uh, in uh, Justin Herbert's development as, as a rookie and uh, also last year with uh, Davis Mills. So yeah, uh, and a little a very, time with very... Andrew Luck too. So correct. And Lovey's got that sweet ass beard, dude. Maybe the best beard in oh, the whole NFL. Oh, no kidding, right? That thing's awesome. And then the uh, the Saints kept it in house too, and I really like this hire for them as well. Yeah, this is Dennis Allen. Uh, he has been their defensive coordinator for a number of years. Very successful uh, there. That Saints defense has been one of the main reasons they've been uh, Super Bowl worthy over the last handful of seasons, up until this most recent one uh, with the departure of Breeze. But um, Dennis Allen gets another shot at being a head coach here uh, as well. Uh, so ho hopefully he'll, uh, this time he'll be, you know, better prepared for the job in the second go-round. Yeah, so you either get a young guy or uh, someone that's been around before. Four of these nine new head coaches are actually old head coaches. Yeah, we call them retreads, Casey. Some people don't like these retreads. Uh, it's either that or it's a new hotshot kid, basically. And that's the, that's the, the coaching hiring that we've been seeing over the last number of years. All right. I say good day to you, sir. <laughs> All right. We mentioned it in the top here, the global domination trick that the NFL is on. And they just uh, they got another little piece to the puzzle. This is a good one. Yeah, we, uh, of course, are digging this in a big way. The NFL has uh, confirmed that Munich has been cl uh, chosen uh, to to stage the first ever regular season game in Germany. That'll be in the 22 season. They actually going to have four games over the next four seasons there. Uh, Holy so Shiza. Yeah, it's going to be pretty, pretty awesome. So it's going to be in the FC Bayern Munich Stadium, Casey. And that, is, of course, as we all know, is the home of the Bundesliga champions, right? Oh, yeah. So they'll be hosting two of those ones. Frankfurt Stadium will have the other two. Yeah, dude, and that's that's going to be one of uh, five international games by the NFL in 22. Um, one in Mexico, three in the UK, where the Shaguars maybe do some of their best work, okay? <laughs> and Casey, uh, the selection of, of Germany, I think, is long overdue. And I want to say that because I was a huge fan of the NFL Europe for all of its iterations. And Oh, really? It, Can you name all the NFL uh, Europe German teams, Dave? <laughs> well, matter of fact, I can't, Casey. As it started off, it was it was a little in the United States and, 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 in, and also in Europe. But there was lots of teams all over Europe. But then as it kind of moved forward and the popularity in some uh, stadiums waned, the German stadiums really picked up steam. Along the way, Frankfurt Galaxy was a team that was really, really popular. 
as well as the Rhine fire. But then some teams emerged later in the scenario, the Hamburg Sea Devils, the Hamburgers, of course, uh, the Cologne Centurions, the Berlin Thunder was a big one. Um, So ultimately, I think five of the six teams were German teams at the very end of NFL Europe's run before they pulled the plug on it. Uh, Very disappointing, disappointing uh, scenario to me. But this is long overdue. The German audience was there. They understood the game. They understood tailgating and the whole experience. Pearson Bratz, brah. Pearson Bratz works well <laughs> with the Germans, okay? So it's not, an, it's not a difficult sale, right? Yeah. I love the, you know, the games in Germany, but I think my favorite ever was to say, Clint Sterner, the Scottish Claymores. That's right. The Scottish Claymores. <laughs> I think that was one of the few. That was might have been the last non-German team. Man, to crazy talk. There. All right, Dave, we mentioned it. The Super Bowl is this Sunday, and we're going to get into a little bit of that. But there, this is the Paul Blart segment of the show, Dave. Some fun facts <laughs> circulating around the big game. All right. Oh, get it started with the coaches, Casey. It's the youngest uh, pairing of head coaches ever with Zach Taylor at 38, Sean McVay at 36. Um, it's a pretty amazingly young, vibrant group here, Casey. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah, and combined, they're just five years older than Pete Carroll. (laughs) Dang. (laughs) Pete's old, dude. I'll tell you what. Well, everybody tries to suck to get that number one overall pick, and, um, you know, it's paying dividends for both of these teams, actually. Yeah, this will be the second time ever, Casey, that two number one overall quarterbacks have met in the Super Bowl. Uh, Last time was not that long ago uh, when – Peyton Manning and the Denver Broncos defense crushed Cam Newton uh, and the Carolina Panthers in Super Bowl 50. But this one, Joe Burrow picked number one in as recent as 2020. And then Matthew Stafford uh, back in the 2009 draft battle of number one overall selection quarterbacks. Pretty exciting. Yeah, that's totally awesome. And Dave, number one for your draft pick usually means a quarterback. Number one for your seating in the playoff usually means you're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and that's the interesting interesting thing, Casey. This features two number four seeds in the Super Bowl. It's it's the lowest combined seeding of of both teams in the Super Bowl. In fact, since 1975, uh, every single Super Bowl has had either a number one or a number two seed in it. And again, this is two number four seeds. So we're talking about... uh, only once, I think, or the last time maybe, was that a, a, a four seed actually emerged as the victors was 2012 when the Ravens got it done. Damn, how are the Ravens a four seed, man? When they were in there, they were so dominant that in the dominant Super Bowl. That dominant defense, right? Craziness. Jeez. And Dave, we mention it every week in the show, how the games end, how close they all are. We love the parody in the NFL, man. Oh, no question about it, dude. And And obviously, these four seeds being in there, is representative of that parody, but this is the 17th consecutive season, Casey, that the NFL will have a new Super Bowl champion. That is the longest extended uh, streak uh, in history there without a repeat Super Bowl winner since the 2003-2004 Patriots. Crazy, dude. And with these Bengals on Sunday, five of the last 12 teams to appear in the Super Bowl missed the playoffs completely the previous season. Now we've got it. Back-to-back years, uh, the Bengals this year, the Bucks last year, and then in 2019, it was the Niners. Yeah, crazy. Since 2000, the Bengals are the fifth team to go from uh, worst to first in their division and make the Super Bowl in the same season. 
So, I mean, when you look back, Casey, I mean, it was 21 months ago or 22 months ago that the Bengals were on the clock. Number one, first pick in the NFL draft, selecting Joe Burrow. Now they have a shot to win the Super Bowl less than two years later. It's phenomenal. And yeah, they said Bo knows football, but Joe knows football as well, bro. It's a good name to be a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, how about these guys, Casey? Burrow with his LSU, uh, you know, spectacular uh, season there to get the LSU uh, Tigers, the college football national championship in 19. How about Joe Montana? Obviously a Hall of Famer, as well as Joe Namath. Other starting quarterbacks named Joe to win a Super Bowl. Will Joe Burrow follow in those steps? Yeah, a college natty in a Super Bowl, pretty good. And Dave, I want to give Matthew Stafford a little love, too. He didn't win any uh, natties in college, but um, he could be the third quarterback to come to a team and win a Super Bowl in his first year with that team. Trent Dilfer did it in 2000, and obviously uh, Tommy Teflon uh, last year with the box. Yeah, when you bring in a guy like Trent Dilfer, Casey, he changes your <laughs> franchise, right? <laughs> I jest, of course. Obviously, when you bring in a guy like Tom Brady, he does change your franchise. And when you bring in a guy like Matthew Stafford, uh, you see what happened this year. We'll see if they can finish the deal because the Rams were in this position a couple of years back with Goff. Couldn't get it done. In fact, only scored three points. I'm pretty sure we're going to get more than three points out of Matthew Stafford and the Rams uh, this coming this coming Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, Goff was the number one overall pick, too. But, Dave, we know that the pretty boys are usually the MVPs, quarterback. Um, Tom Brady's done it five times, of course. You know, the the MVP odds are low for the, the quarter, quarterbacks in this game. But what yeah. about some of the other people? If you got a couple bucks, you might want to throw down on them. The one that jumps out at me, Case, is Jamar Chase at plus 1,600. That means you'd make, for, on a $100 bet, 1,600 bucks back in return. And that dude has had some phenomenal games this year, 200-plus yard games. If a, if a receiver gets to 200 yards and a couple of touchdowns, maybe two, three touchdowns, that starts to sound like an MVP to me. And I like that return on investment there at plus 1,600. Yeah, dude, uh, Cooper Cup's only a 600 there. So Beckham's up at 25-1 to 1 there, dude. But what a, there's pretty good bets, actually, for these or odds for these running backs for both squads, dude. Yeah, not bad. And it depends on how the game goes. I like the Joe Mixon possibly. Like yeah. one form one like thought of my mind is like, hey, what if the, the Bengals can run the football? And if they can and and they can really feature Joe Mixon and he's plus thirty five hundred, that's a pretty good profit margin if Mixon can say somehow kinda run for 150, 160 yeah. yards, get a couple of touchdowns, and the game the complexion of the game is about the Bengals possessing the football. Yeah, dude, you flip that over. You know, Cam Akers had a couple huge fumbles in that Tampa game. If he puts Ooh. one on the carpet and Sony Michelle gets all the totes there, dude, yep. he's 8000 bucks. So that might be a little nice place to put your cash here. But, Dave, there's a defender on here. It's not Aaron Donald that I think could be a nice place to stash your cash. That's true. It's Von Miller at plus 5,000, dude. And we already know it wasn't that long ago that Von Miller basically took over the Super Bowl and became the Super Bowl MVP. This would give him opportunity to be one of the rare uh, people that gets a second Super Bowl MVP. And if you're um, bold enough to bet on Von Miller and he can get after the quarterback and that offensive line for the Bengals isn't that good, right? 
So yeah. we've seen him give up nine sacks. What if Von Miller can stash away three, four, five sacks, create a couple of turnovers? Maybe he's the MVP. Yeah, dude. And Evan McFearless for these Bengals. He's been their MVP <laughs> in the playoffs. He can get yeah. you a 10K on a $100 bet. So I'm liking that as well. That's a good one, Casey. And it would obviously have to be, I would think, a couple of 50-plus yarders, a couple of clutch kicks, um, maybe at the end of the half and likely at the end of the game, the game winner. Uh, if that were to be the case, um, him hitting four or five big kicks and that being, it, it being like a nice tight game, ooh, that would be pretty exciting. Just what the, the audience of the Super Bowl wants, Dave. All field goals. Five experience <laughs> field goals. <laughs> Well, you know, like we don't have any uh, trouble putting our money down on bets and neither does uh, Mattress Mac, dude. He's throwing down 4.53 million on them Cincinnati Bengals to win the Super Bowl. So, wow. Yeah. And this has been a stunt that he's been doing for a while now. I think if you buy buy furniture, certain amount of furniture from his uh, mattress um, store, you end up uh, getting your money back if he wins. So he has like a, a method where he's not going to necessarily he, hopefully he bolsters business to the point where he makes a ton of money. And then if he loses his bet, then at least he um, keeps his money. If he wins his bet, then everybody gets their money back and everybody's happy. See, Dave, if I was Mattress Mac, what I would have done, I would have cut that bet in half. And then I would have taken that other two point two five million and bought tickets those $100,000 tickets for all the fans, put them in a Mattress Mac shirt and put them in the stadium, dude. And you <laughs> see them all around, just have them everywhere in there. And it's, a, you know, free advertising. Yeah. I'm nice. a thinking man, Dave. Well, speaking of those T-shirts, the Mattress Mac T-shirts, who's got the best uniforms going into Sunday's game? <laughs> well, Casey, obviously you have mentioned previously that it's more likely for, for the, is it the lights or the darks to win? It's the white Jersey that is okay. the most winners. Okay. So, and, and, and who's wearing the whites? That is our Los Angeles Rams. Dave. <laughs> All righty. Well, so I like that uh, quite a bit. When I look at the, the, the actual selection for the Rams uh, on, on this one, it looks like it's an alternate jersey, um, and it's a nice clean white. I think I think it's just uh, with the yellow pants and of course the horns on the helmet. Um, I think it's a nice clean, almost classic Rams look. Yeah, uh, and I really appreciate it. The numbers are uh, are blue. Uh, there's no fade like some the, some of the uniforms that the Rams present have a fade uh, on the numbers. Uh, the the Bengals uniforms are pretty sharp too. But I'm going to give I'm going to give the slight nod over to the Rams. What about you? Yeah, you know, the Bengals were in that black jersey. They had the choice. I love their white color rush with the, the black stripes and the white yeah. pants. I think that just looks so dope. And, you know, that the white jersey usually wins this thing. So I would have gone <laughs> white on white. But, uh, you know, that that black jersey is pretty sweet, too. They're going with the white um, pants with the uh, the orange stripes on them. So, you know, look good, mm -hmm. feel good, play good. We'll see how it goes down on Sunday. But, Dave, this halftime show couldn't be more Los Angeles if you tried. We got Dre. <laughs> we got Snoop. We got Kendrick Lamar. We got Mary J. And we got Eminem. I am so stoked about this halftime show, Dave. Um, but why don't you hit the peoples with one of your um, favorite halftime shows? Casey, it's got to be Prince. Come on. Yeah. In the Hands rain. Down. Prince, such a talented, uh, such a talented guy. Re rest in peace, Prince. He was amazing. But I'm looking forward to uh, 
to uh, this one here. Obviously, Snoop Dogg. I hope he does Mind on My Money. Right. That's you know that's my oh, <laughs> one, yeah. the one song I'm a, I'm like rooting for. Uh, but yeah, what a lineup. What a lineup with this cast of characters. Oh, Dave, it's going to be so awesome in that Prince uh, halftime when he comes out there. I'm going to bump into Dave Grohl one day. We both live in the Valley. I know if you're not from L.A., you don't really know the Valley talk. But <laughs> I want to ask him, how did it feel? You're sitting there watching the Super Bowl and Prince comes out and sings one of your band songs. I'm sure he probably pooped his pants at a Super Bowl party and just freaking out. But you're right. Nice. That Prince show was absolutely uh, and completely awesome. And Dave... I'm actually going to be at the Super Bowl, so I will report firsthand on how awesome the halftime is. I'll be hitting the football dudes' um, Instagram stories up all day, too, so we want nice. you guys to tune in and make sure you guys check that out. But, Dave, let's go real quick and figure out or let the people know how these teams both got here. The Rams were the four seed, as we mentioned, and they were also the NFC champs. They started uh, in the wild card round. Yeah, and it was a divisional matchup to get going there where they uh, beat the Arizona Cardinals, sort of beat down the Arizona Cardinals 34-11, to 11, uh, and they just overwhelmed uh, Kyler Murray and company. After that, they had to hit the road. It was a really uh, a tough battle. They got out in front of Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, uh, the, and, and they were way out in front. And then sure enough, Tom Brady rallied the troops and got them uh, right back in it, tied it all up. And then the Rams were able to eke out that W and defeat the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers. And then the Rams came back home, got behind uh, the 49ers and were able to rally and come away with the W against the 49ers 20 to 17. So uh, nice, nice journey to the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know, almost a 180 of that week 18 game where the Niners beat them to get in. They overcame a 10 point deficit late to win that right. game. And how about yep. going through two of your divisional foes to get to the Super Bowl in your own backyard? That is pretty damn sweet. Yeah. Well, we, it's, it was no mystery that we, we kind of knew that that NFC uh, West division was a, a, a pretty good powerhouse over yeah. there. And sure enough, the, the playoffs uh, tell that story. All right. We mentioned it also AFC champs, the Bengals, they were the four seed. They were also the NFC North champs. Yeah. Starting off, against the Las Vegas Raiders. They win that one 26 to 19 in a real close game back and forth. That was anybody's game. And the officials played some shenanigans there uh, that did not help the Raiders and did benefit the Bengals. Thank goodness there uh, for the Bengal fans. Uh, moving on, they uh, were able to defeat the number one seed Tennessee Titans at 19 to 16 in a real, real tough game where uh, uh, Burrow got sacked nine times uh, it was a pummeling, and yet they were able to come away with a victory. And then getting down to Kansas City, uh, the team that's been basically the AFC represent, all right, um, down 21 to 3 to those guys. Saw that. I mean, it was over, right? I mean, we were too, basically yeah. dialing out thinking, man, this is this is a joke. And sure enough, they came back, rallied hard in that second half, really changed the everything about the momentum and got the w27 to 24 what a fantastic win yeah dude and that Bengals defense has looked like a different team in the second half of games in this postseason coming up with a lot of turnovers but both of these teams overcoming double digit uh deficits to win the conference championships so if mm -hmm. your team gets down a little bit on sunday don't trip because they still have a chance to get back in this thing but dave let's go ahead and get this super bowl 56 preview going we got the 15 Ooh. and 5 Los Angeles Rams technically at the 13 and seven Cincinnati Bengals. The Rams are four and a half point favorites. 
and the over-under is 48-and-a-half. Wow. I'll tell you what, dude. And let's talk about it. The the um, Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati offense. Burrow will become the first drafted quarterback ever, if he can get this W, to start a Super Bowl um, uh, and and win a Super Bowl in his first two seasons. How about that? Yeah, dude. And uh, the Cincinnati offense, dude, go ahead and um, get it going for the peoples. Yeah, so it's just the general numbers. They ranked seventh uh, in passing, 10th in overall yards. They were tied, uh, believe it or not, with the Rams uh, in points per game at 21, or excuse me, 27.1. Not as good of a rushing team, just 23rd rushing. Think they kind of ramped that up towards the end of the season, though, a little bit. Yeah, Joe Mixon had a, a couple of games during the season where he was a little banged up on that ankle. But the thing that they did in the playoffs, they stayed with the run. A lot of the right. times it wasn't working well, but they kept hammering it. And it showed up later in games that they can be disciplined enough to do that, um, try to wear down that front of the Rams. But the running game will be a huge part of what the uh, the Bengals want to do with Mixon and P Ryan. They're both great at catching the ball out of the backfield as well. Yeah. And, and Joe Mixon, Casey in the Kansas city game had 115 yards from scrimmage. So let's not wow. forget about his viability coming out of the backfield and just being a quick little outlet guy. He had uh, 88 yards rushing and 27 receiving against Kansas city in that game, huge component of keeping them around in that second half and allowing them to get back into that football game. Totally, dude. And late in this game, Joe Burrow did a lot of damage with his legs, running for some key first downs on a lot yeah. of, uh, you know, third and seven or even longer. So exactly. Um, when things broke down, Burrow. he took care of business, Burrow. Yeah, but he doesn't want to make money running, dude. He wants to throw the damn rock. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I mean, let's talk about his numbers. 4,600 plus yards uh, on the season with 34 touchdowns, a 108.3 season. Right. Wow. For a passer rating. It's phenomenal, man. And obviously it has a lot to do with the weapons that he has. Chase and Higgins in particular and, and really mixing out of the backfield, as I mentioned, all incredibly productive players. Yeah, dude. And Tyler Boyd's kind of the, the lost man in that, um, right. you know, that, that trio there. But he still comes up big. He had that the go ahead touchdown in the Raiders game that kind of separated them. and was the difference later. So um, lots of weapons there for Joe Burrow to get at. Um, he's hoping to have Uzama back in this game. Um, TJ said, I'm not missing the biggest game of my life. I'm not missing it. And hopefully he doesn't have to because in the first two wins before he got hurt in the AFC championship, 13 catches, 135 yards and a touchdown. So they would really like to get him back in this game absolutely no question if not you know jamar chase is the go-to guy the rams obviously have um some some counter on the defensive side but they're going to have to really really figure out what to do with jamar chase to take him away because teams that have known it's coming still can't stop what he's doing he's got 279 yards in the playoffs right now in these three games so he's you know approaching 100 yards uh, and he's also got um uh, 1,455 yards on the season. Uh, he is just an absolute machine. And when you cover him and when you overcompensate for him, that's when, like you said, it's Higgins, it's Boyd, it's Uzama. It's other dudes getting it done. Higgins in the uh, game against Kansas City to get them to the Super Bowl uh, had 103 yards receiving. So, I mean, with that kind of productivity on, you know, your other receiver and, and he's yeah. not even a number. He's like a one B, you know, but Chase yeah. is so dominant that um, 
yeah, if you overcompensate for to try and take Jamar Chase out, you're going to get burned by Higgins and Boyd. Yeah, and, you know, it's going to be a fascinating matchup because this Rams defense was really getting it going um, as they went on in the playoffs, got tight. They're uh, ranked six in the NFL in rushing defense, just over 100 yards a game. Um, 22nd versus the path pass and uh, tied for 15th in points given up right where the Bengals are at just under 22 points a game. Lots of big <laughs> names and lots of crazy talent on this Rams defense. Yeah, obviously it all starts with Aaron Donald. You just don't go, you know, that's you have to go right to the mm-hmm. dude there at 12 and a half sacks on the season, but not just the sacks, the pressures, the disruption uh, from the interior line, such a, um, you know, such an incredible talent there. Uh, no question. And then, um, in the postseason, he seems to elevate his play. And yeah. and then, of course, um, if you try and overcompensate there, you're obviously double teaming Donald. Right. But yeah. and it's still that's not good enough. And then but if you overcompensate, then you're going to get burned elsewhere. Yeah. And they got Floyd and also Von Miller, dude. He came over for a six round pick. Obviously, he's gotten healthier as the season's gone and made a huge impact huge. in these playoff games. But he's also like. Uh, helping to show Aaron Donald how to be a better leader, man. And he's uh, encouraged him to be more vocal out there and tell this team what he wants. So um, the pass rush with Floyd, too, is obviously awesome at, uh, you know, uh, getting after the quarterback, which you mentioned was a problem for um, these Bengals against the Titans. They tightened it up a little bit against the Chiefs. But the back end of this defense is pretty good, too. You got maybe one of the best uh, DBs in the league back there. I'm not talking about Eric Weddle. (laughs) <laughs> I thought you were going right to well, like my guy, my former Chaja. Um, obviously, it's Jalen Ramsey. And I imagine, you know, they move Ramsey around um, uh, to try and uh, neutralize the biggest threat on the other side. And, and he uh, openly, you know, embraces that role. And obviously, I expect to see him one on one against Jamar Chase quite frequently in this ballgame. And we'll see who's going to get the best of him. Jamar. Um, Chase is one of the best young receivers in the league. Jalen Ramsey's one of the best cover guys in the league. Yeah, and I know we we passed the running already, but the job that this Rams defense did against the 49ers in the NFC Championship was amazing. Like 50 yards total for a team that had been running all over everybody. So um, they eliminated the Niners bread and butter, basically, mm -hmm. and took it out, said, you're not doing that. You're not doing us like that. All right, let's go ahead and flip this over to the Rams on offense. We mentioned Stafford. He could be, you know, uh, come over his first season, get a Super Bowl. Let's talk about that Rams offense. Yeah, no question. Rams offense, uh, as we mentioned, tied uh, with the Bengals in scoring at 27.1 points per game. Ninth in total offense um, and fifth in passing, but just 25th in rushing. So not as good of a running team, similar offensively to the Bengals, uh, in terms of the, the, the way those stats shake out. Um, and you know, this Rams offense, it's, it's, you know, it's obviously what, what they're good at. You know, you bring in Stafford, you're not gonna, you're going to throw the football, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Stafford's had maybe one, not as most prolific because he threw for 5,000 yards on a terrible Detroit team, but just under 4,000 yards over 40 touchdowns but Dave, what I'm liking is that 102.9 pass rating there. And when he's taking care of the ball, this team has looked unstoppable, dude, and he's got he's got a couple nice weapons there as well. Yeah, no doubt. And what you what you mentioned was very very key case when he's taking care of the ball. Last week, he got away with throwing that one downfield midway through the fourth quarter. Should have been picked, was not picked. 
they let him off the hook at that point in time. But when the Rams have um, faltered late in the season, it has been um, when uh, when Stafford has been careless with the football. When he's when he's able to avoid the turnover, he's a machine out there, and he really stacks up the numbers. And yeah, they have weapons. Let's start with Cooper Cup. Obviously, at this point, I don't think that you would get much of an argument that he is the best receiver in the league. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, what he did this year is absolutely crazy. Almost 2,000 yards, um, over 13 yards a uh, catch, 16 touchdowns. And it's not like you don't know that this guy is getting the rock, dude. He just like he's so good at route running and his speed. And he just really understands football and the chemistry with those guys is undeniable. No doubt. In the game, in the championship game against the Niners, 11 grabs, 142 yards, two touchdowns. And like like you said, they knew it was coming, right? Oh, yeah. The week before when the, you know, the Bucks knew it was coming. Oh, late in the game, you know, less than 40 seconds, you hit Cup and he gets out and then you hit him over the top to set up that gaming game winning field goal, dude. The, the guy's insane. No doubt. no doubt about it, Casey. And I think Sean McVay, um, and the way the offense unfolded in that Niners game last week, Beckham was kind of um, they were taking him trying to take him out of the game defensively. The Niners were. And that was when it was Beckham, Beckham, Beckham. They kept hitting Beckham. He ended up with nine catches, 113 yards moving the chains. That one catch where he got where he got tagged pretty seriously by the defensive guy, but held on to it. Uh, play after play, Odell Beckham moving the chains for this Ram squad. Yeah. Dude, a total bummer here. I know he's been out since November, but Robert Woods not being able to play in this game. An L.A. kid, he went to SC, yeah. played his football and calls him. The Rams, his home team, playing in front of his people. The Super Bowl, are you kidding me? It's in L.A., it's his team, and he's not going to be able to go. Total bummer, man. Yeah, no question about that. Uh, it is very disappointing for Robert Woods, and that that was kind of what opened the door uh, for this team, obviously, to acquire and to and to emancipate, if you will, um, Odell Beckham Jr. from from Cleveland. Free OBJ, and, baby. <laughs> you know, and and another bummer. Higby's probably not going to play in this game either. Mm-hmm. Um, Blanton yeah. came in, was very effective against the Niners, like five catches for 50 plus yards. We'll see what he can bring actually being part of the game plan moving forward. You know, just came in because right. of the injury. Let's see what he does. Um in a big game when he's got some expectation now, but Dave, this Rams football team, they've actually been running the ball quite well in the playoffs too. It's been a hodgepodge in a mix match, but uh, they have three definitely um, capable backs. Yeah. And, w- and we're going to see um, who ends up being the guy. If it's a mix um, Henderson looking to play in this one, acres coming back off that, um, Achilles amazingly uh, and and starting to contribute and sort of rounding into shape as it were. And then Sony Michelle, obviously a guy uh, that they traded, I believe a first round draft pick for uh, over there uh, to get him from the Patriots. Uh, he was a former first rounder himself. So uh, it's a three headed monster there. And I think the Rams, you know, feel confident that one or another or all three are going to produce. Yeah, dude, and Michelle brings over that championship pedigree, dude. You can trust him in those situations. Like we mentioned earlier, if Akers has the uh, fumble issue like he did, yeah. bring this guy in, and it's all good. So, yeah, like you said, hopefully Henderson will be able to play. But, Dave, look at this team, bro. They said that the F all them draft picks. They brought over Stafford. They brought over Beckham. They brought over Sony Michelle, right. uh, Von Miller. These are all high draft picks from other teams. 
that are now producing for the Rams. So it's a total different approach than what the Bengals did building through the draft, getting their young talent together. This yeah. is uh, put it all together now and try to win this thing. No doubt. And and being a draft guru such as myself, I am always in the draft and develop uh, mold, which is why I personally fired Les Snead multiple times already. <laughs> but he has gotten to the Super Bowl twice in the last four years. So clearly he's figuring out a different way of getting it done. He uh, we know that even a first round draft pick is a 50 50 deal no matter what. You know, they half of them fizzle out when he trades high picks for players. He's getting productivity. Yeah, it's been pretty impressive. But let's go ahead and talk about this Bengals defense. Yep. Not super sexy numbers, but they've been getting it done in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, they ranked 20th uh, in yards overall, um, fifth in uh, rush defense. So hopefully they're they're thinking they can stop the run. And then, uh, unfortunately, um 26 versus the pass. So a little weak spot there for them. Uh, 17th in points given up at just 22 uh, plus points a game. Um, so we'll see if their weaker pass defense will be able to overcome what their season statistics were because they have played well in the postseason. Yeah, dude. You mentioned the, the bad pass numbers, but that's not really been the case in the post. They gave right. um, Tannehill more problems than he would ever want. And uh, in this playoff run, they're they're plus five in the turnover ratio, six Bengal interceptions by six different players, including, you know, one that took the ball away from the the Chiefs in overtime in the AFC championship. Mentioned the big one early and late against Tannehill there. So they're playing better football now when the money is on the line. No doubt about it, dude. And in each of their playoff games, they and it's it's weird. You got to give credit to their defensive coordinator. And I, I, I practically have never even heard of him. Uh, I'm going to have to look his name up real quick. Um, Lou uh, Anarumo, defensive oh, of coordinator. Of course. Yeah, yeah. that, that Lou yeah. I mean, I don't know what he's doing at halftime, but it's working, man. Oh, when they come yeah, out, 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 out after halftime, Casey, they're like a different squad. They absolutely are, Dave. And not only at halftime, dude, especially in the fourth quarter in their three playoff wins leading up to the Super Bowl, they've only given up nine points in the fourth quarter, bro. That's insane. Damn. Yeah. You're going to win a lot of games when your defense start just starts locking down the other squad, right? Yeah. And Can it's they hard to take that against this Ram squad. I know it's, it's a fascinating matchup and I can't believe that the saints let Trey Hendrickson go, but this guy has been a complete animal for the the Bengals there fifth in the NFL with 14 sacks dude Mm -hmm. and um him and Sam Hubbard up front just like you know they get it in crunch time like you know like you said the numbers don't look great but when the when it matters the most they've come up big dude and how about Logan Wilson a couple weeks ago against those Chiefs 10 tackles in the AFC championship man so um it's it's individual guys playing yeah. within the team scheme and making plays when they absolutely have to. Yeah. And we talked about that secondary being a weakness, safety, Jesse Bates, five passes defensed in the postseason. Doesn't sound like a lot, but believe me, when you start making, you know, plays to block a, a, a reception, uh, that's getting it done. Yeah. Jesse Bates is definitely a master. <laughs> I see what you did. <laughs> oh man, this is just Woo! like such an intriguing matchup. Yep. It's pretty cool. There's not like a hated team on both sides. It'll be interesting to see um how the crowd is divvied out there, you know, especially with how insane these 
um, tickets are. You know, the the L.A. celebrities will be out, but how about you know the the Who Day Nation? Are they going to be able to get into this game, dude? I I imagine that we will see a pretty fair representation of Bengals fans in the stands, Casey. Uh, it will be very interesting to see how much noise they can make and if they can make uh, Matt Matt Stafford and company have to go to hand signals and such like that. It'll be very interesting to see in SoFi Stadium, the Rams house, as they say. Wow, oh, dude, this thing is going to be completely awesome. We're completely stoked. And you know, it stoke us out. If you guys subscribe to this podcast that you're listening to right now, it's the Trend Zone, available for subscription on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, don't forget, folks, subscribe to our YouTube channel, like us on Instagram, Facebook, and also follow us on Twitter at FootballDudesLA. Make sure, while you're doing all that good stuff, you tag us across all social media platforms. Yeah, make sure you're hanging out with us on Instagram because I'll be doing a bunch of live feeds from Super Bowl 56. Oh, it's going to be so awesome. That is going to do it for this episode of The Trend Zone. Hope you enjoy the the game. We're going to have a killer prop sheet up on the website, too. Don't forget about that. Go there, download it, be the hit of your Super Bowl party. All right. Hey, I'm Casey. Super Bowl 56. We are out.